You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you're in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. Here at International Family Church, we believe that everyone is significant and that God designed you with a purpose. One of the ways you can discover that purpose is by serving on a dream team. A dream team is what we call our volunteer teams at IFC. With over 30 teams to serve on, our dream teams work together using their gifts to make International Family Church the community that it is. To find out more information about joining a dream team or other events, please visit intlfamilychurch.com. Now here's part four of our current series, Hashtag Blessed. Are you ready for God's word? Let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege of ministering your word today. It's, it's a good thing. It really is. And Father, I thank you that as your word goes forth today, it'll produce much fruit into the hearts that hear it today. We believe, Father God, that we'll never be the same because of your word. We believe, Father, it paints pictures of your will in our hearts. It gives us a, a bigger view. It helps us see you, the way you see us, the way your plan is for us. So, Father, we thank you for that divine exchange from our view to your view, our way to your way. And we believe, Father, as that divine exchange takes place, we believe with all of our hearts that, that your, your perfect will will be accomplished in each and every one of our lives and in our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is part four in our series, Hashtag Blessed. Uh, first part, we talked about God's plan. The second part, we talked about the world's plan and the amazing difference, big difference between God's plan, how he wants you blessed, the world's plan for you to trust in riches, for you to be in charge, uh, for you to be the one who takes the lead when it comes to your money. And last week, we talked about the heart test, the big the big heart test. And I would encourage you to get online, intlfamilychurch.com, go to our website, the media section, catch up with us. Uh, it'll be a great blessing to you. Today, I want to talk to you about a principle that's found in God's Word right from the beginning to the end. It's a principle of the first. The principle of the first. The principle of the first is when you put God first, order comes into your life. Right? Order comes into your life. I'm not suggesting that there won't be difficulties or problems in our lives. Oh, we understand that, that, that they can be all around us, no doubt. But when you put the principle of first in your life, order comes into your life. And when God is not first, order is not in your life. Very important that we understand order. Now, as a pastor, as individuals, I'm sure you have experienced disorder in your life. I'm sure there's been a lot of areas of your life where there's been confusion, like we talked about today. And as we worship God, there's a, a lot going on in people's lives that just absolutely make life challenging and difficult, doesn't it? I believe there's a plan. I believe God has a purpose as we understand the principle of the first. Let me remind you of this working definition that we've been working with as far as the definition of blessed. Blessed ongoing increase, possessing more than enough for you and the ability to give to others. Amen. That is God's will for you. Yeah. That is God's will for your family. 
That is no doubt something that you should be focused on, on your refrigerator, on your mirror, right? This is something you should be declaring over yourself on a regular basis. Amen. So here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main point I want you to go home with today. Here's where I need you to follow me as we uh, minister this word today. How you handle your money reveals volumes about your priorities, loyalties, and affections. How you handle your money reveals volumes about your priorities, loyalties, and affections. Amen. See, in fact, it directly dictates many of the blessings you will or will not experience in your life. It really does. It's amazing how that uh, dictates God's will and plan for our lives. I love how Billy Graham put it. He put it this way. If a person gets his attitude toward money straight, it'll help straighten out almost every other area of life. That's strong and very true. Let's unfold this today. The principle of the first is a principle that we all need to understand. The principle of the first, I believe, is how we experience this ongoing blessing, this more than enough blessing for you and for your family. I believe it opens the door to understand God's plan and purpose. It opens the door for you to understand the foundation as to why we can be blessed, as to why we can walk in all that God has for us. Possessing more than enough and the ability to, to give not only for yourself, but to give to others. And it's the principle of first fruits. It's the principle of the firstborn, or it's the principle we know as the tithe. And frankly, far too many Christians are confused when it comes to the tithe. And there's no reason for it to be. There's no reason that we don't understand God's purpose for our money and God's purpose for our priority and making sure that he is first. We find an important financial precedent found in the Bible here in the 13th chapter of Exodus. And we read something here that really begins to set the stage for understanding the principle of the first. It says, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Consecrate means to set aside. Set aside. The Lord is speaking here to Moses and says, consecrate to me. Set aside to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beasts, it's mine. It is mine. That's a declarative statement. And in the Hebrew, it's a very strong statement. It's a statement of ownership. It's a statement that it's my property. It belongs to me. And a perfect example of this, um, God setting up and understanding firstborn and first fruits is found in the verse 12 of Exodus 13. Now, I'm going to read these two verses, and to some of you, it's not going to make any sense. Some of you is going to think, what in the world is the Old Testament trying to get across here? But listen very carefully. There's an amazing principle here that will help you understand the principle of the first. It says this in Exodus 13, verse 12 that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, 
And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Now, what does all that mean? What is that happening here? It is vital you understand this principle of the firstborn, this principle that has from the beginning of God's word right through the word of God. According to the Old Testament law, the firstborn, listen, was to be either sacrificed or redeemed. There was no third option. The, The firstborn was either to be sacrificed or redeemed. And how do you know which one? How do you know which should be sacrificed and which should be redeemed? Well, God gives two classifications of animals here in the Bible that gives us some clarity of which one are we to do. The donkey represents unclean animals, while the lamb represents clean animals. And if your clean animal has a firstborn, if your sheep has a firstborn, first time the sheep is giving birth, then you would sacrifice that first lamb. If your unclean animal, the example here is a donkey, has a firstborn, you're either going to allow it to live by sacrificing it with another clean animal, a spotless lamb, right? And you do that to what? To redeem it. You do it to, uh, because the Lord owns it, by sacrificing another animal, a, a spotless lamb. To summarize, the clean firstborn had to be sacrificed. The unclean firstborn had to be redeemed. Now, what does that mean for today? What, how in the world is, does that help us in the 21st century? How does that help us understanding this Old Testament principle, this principle of the first? Amen. See, when I'm speaking of, of each one of us, speaking about how we were born, spiritually speaking, think about it, where were you and I born clean or unclean? We were born unclean, weren't we? We were born with a sin nature. We were born with an active nature of sin in our lives. We had a natural tendency towards sin. Now, you parents would understand this. Yeah, how many parents here ever had to teach their children how to be bad? <laughs> kind of came natural, didn't it? To some kids, it seems like it comes more natural than some others. We didn't have to teach him that. We had to teach him how to be good, right? Because of this sin nature. Was Jesus born unclean or clean? He was born clean, wasn't he? Absolutely. With that in mind, think about the account in the New Testament in which John the Baptist meets Jesus on the banks of the Jordan River. And John was baptizing one day. And he looked up and sees Jesus, right, walking toward him. And at that point, John cried out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. With that inspired declaration, John, listen, he perfectly defines the role Jesus had to fulfill. Jesus was God's firstborn. Jesus was clean, perfect, unblemished in every way. On every hand, he was born clean. And guess what? Every one of us was born unclean. We were all born sinners with a full active sin nature. But see the symbolic parallel here. Jesus was God's firstborn son, and he was born clean, pure, spotless, without a blemish, without sin. Therefore, Jesus had to be sacrificed. And while he was sacrificed, he did what? 
He redeemed us. He bought us back. Amen. He redeemed us. And we are the redeemed of the Lord because of the sacrifice of the sinless Lamb of God. Amen. He brought us back for God. He was literally a first fruits offering. Amen. And some of you might not see this in real sense. Jesus was God's tithe. Jesus was God's tithe. God gave his tithe, Jesus, in faith before we ever believed. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Aren't you glad? He, we have to give our first fruits offerings, our tithes, in much the same way. Before we see the blessing of God, we have to give it in faith. God gave Jesus in faith. He did. Way before any one of us ever accepted him. In fact, we were mocking him as he was dying on the cross. People were spitting and, and crying out and crucify him. And, and, and here he was offering himself before any one of us ever accepted him. That's offering Jesus in faith, right? To redeem mankind. God didn't wait to see if we would first change or repent or make ourselves worthy. God knew the principle of the first. Amen. See, the principle of the first fruits is very, very powerful. And I've heard it said this way. Listen, that any first thing given is never lost. And any first thing not given is always lost. In other words, what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it. Amen. When you give to God what is precious, when you give to God what has value, when you give to God something that you've worked hard for, when you give to God uh, those things that are valuable and precious, amen, God redeems it for us. Amen. But what we withhold from God, we will lose. Amen. Jesus echoes that principle in Matthew 16, 25. For whatever, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. Amen. The first belongs to God. Amen. The first of your time, the first of your money, right? The first of the part of your day, the first part of your week, today's Sunday. The first part belongs to God. And when you give the first part to God, right, you can't lose. God takes care of the rest. There's something about God, I'm going to give you the first and trust you to redeem the rest. Amen. Thank God. Put it another way, when a firstborn lamb um, is born in a flock, and you don't have any guarantee that that lamb, that you would have any more sheep, right? You give the first. You don't give the tenth one. You don't give the fifth one. You give the first one. You give the first in faith, not knowing whether or not There'd be any others. That's the principle of the first. God said, give me the first. See, God must always be first. He must never be second. 
And we need to examine our life in every area of our life. God must always be first. He can never be second. He always is that place of priority, that place of, of honor, that place where we constantly are, are reassuring ourselves and reexamining our priorities and our affections to make sure he is always first. By tithing, it's as if we are saying, I recognize you first. I'm putting you first in my life. I'm trusting you to care for all the things in my life. Amen. Why is that so important? Because the tithe or a dime on every dollar or 10% of what a, the tithe means, a tenth, that means that you are declaring to God, you are declaring to all the powers that be that there is power here because the first portion is the redemptive portion. Amen. Say that with me. The first portion... Is the redemptive portion. Amen. Now stay with me. Not only does the firstborn belong to God, but also the first fruits belong to Him as well. In Exodus 23, verse 19, it says this The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Amen. The first of the first fruits. That's so important that we understand it's the first. It's the principle of the first. This verse says that this first part of your first fruits, amen, is what God wants. Anything else is unacceptable. Anything else that is other than the first of the first fruits is not going to be received as, as part of what can redeem the rest. Amen. Read that verse again. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. It doesn't say you should give it because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. It says you bring it. And where do you bring it? You bring it to the house of the Lord. You bring it to your local church, right? You bring it to where you're being fed. You bring it to the place where God gathers us together. It doesn't say to bring the first of your first fruits wherever you want, right? Uh, it says to bring them to the house of the Lord. And we'll say more about that later. But we must always give to the Lord's house first. Amen. This is the aspect of the principle of first fruits that we need to understand. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 makes it clear. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and that your vats will overflow with new wine. Man, that sounds like a blessed life, right? Yeah. That sounds like what the will of God is for our lives. That sounds like that more than enough that God promises us, that belongs to us. And as this passage suggests, tithing to the Lord's house involves honoring the Lord with our possessions, the first fruits of all of our increase. Now in the Old Testament, the increase there was because they were an agrarian society, the increase there was the harvest off their, their crops or the, the reproduction of their animals. That was their increase. Today, whether you're a banker or a teacher or a construction worker, um, that's how we that's how we have increase. And we're to bring our increase to the Lord. No matter how it comes, the world, the word makes it clear that we're to honor God, amen, and honor the Lord with our first fruits, the tithe of all our increase. Amen. When we do, amen, the Bible says what? We will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And that's good news today. Another verse that 
that amplifies this is in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, again, which represents the local church throughout scriptures, that there may be food in my house. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. I double dog dare you. That's what he's saying. So I just don't dare you. I double dog dare you. It's the only place in the Bible you'll find where God says you can test him or double dog dare him. Amen. Says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And, and it's like saying, and if you call now, right, I'll double your order, right? And if you call now, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, for your sake, amen. Not for the kingdom's sake, for your sake. Amen. This is incredible. I believe it so strongly in this principle today. You know, a very important question that we could ask right now is, why did God invent the tithe? Some people would ask, well, God didn't invent it. Preachers did. <laughs> right? Some folks who don't get it would say, well, that's, preachers came up with that idea. Well, the good news is, you know, Jonathan Del Turco did not come up with that idea. He's not smart enough. God invented the tithe. And why did God invent the tithe? Many answers you could answer why God invented the tithe. Why the tithe? Uh, one answer that I, I hear pretty regularly is God invented the tithe so that, he, so that we could support his ministry. We could support his ministry. Now think about that. Do you really think, do you really believe God needs our money? That sounds real churchy. That sounds real spiritual, right? To support the work of his ministry. But think about it. God doesn't need our money. And God did not invent tithing for his sake. He invented tithing for your sake because it helps you walk in faith. Amen. That's the principle. The principle of the first is it enables you to stretch yourself, to not be moved by your present circumstances, to not be moved by your lack, to not be moved by your not enough, to not be moved by your just enough, to not be moved by those things that you find yourself wishing you had so much more. The principle of the first is to help you begin to learn the process of living by faith of trusting God. Amen. Putting your trust in God above all the feelings and above all the circumstances and above all the anxiety and above all the fear and above all the, the stuff that's going on in your life. It's not faith to give the last 10%. It's faith to give the first 10%. Not the last dime on every dollar. The first dime on every dollar. Come on. For example, of this as a great examples when the children of Israel were about to possess the promised land, right? So finally, they had the green light to go in and possess the promised land. And what was the first city that they came across? Jericho, right? Jericho was the first city, and God gave very explicit instructions on what to do in the city of Jericho. The Lord gave strict instructions that, that the children of Israel were not to keep any of the spoils from Jericho. Why? Because all of it belonged to him, the Lord declared. And why did the Lord say all the silver and gold that was in Jericho had to be given to the Lord's house? 
Was it because the Lord was greedy? Was it because the Lord was full of himself? No, because it was the first city. It was the principle of the first, right? And the principle of the first is that that first city and all its spoils belong to the Lord. Amen. Now, he didn't say the 10th city and then the 11th one, you can have it all. No, he said the first. And when you give the first, you can keep the rest. Again, it's just the principle of first. It's the principle that says right from the very beginning, amen, before the Old Testament law, this was a, a principle that, that, that proceeds in the beginning and the end and everything in between, amen, it's the principle of first fruits. It took faith to do it. It took faith to give that first portion. Why? Because who knows if there's going to be any other spoils. Again, it's the principle of faith. God wants us to live by faith. Come on, somebody. God wants you to live by faith. God wants me to live by faith. The tithe, the firstborn, the first fruits, what? It all belongs to the Lord. This isn't a law. It's an unchanging principle established by an unchanging God. The tithe is not a legal requirement, but a starting point for financial increase. It's a starting point. You really want to prosper? You really want to get out of debt? You really want to experience more than enough? You want to experience the process of growing and developing, not only in your character, but also in your ability to experience God's best financially? Well, it starts right here. This is the starting point. A lot of people try to bypass the starting point. A lot of people try to do it their way. A lot of people try to do it the world's way. A lot of people try to do it in various ways, but there is a God way of doing this. Amen. I said there's a God way of doing this. Why should the tithe be first? Well, let me ask another, let me answer that question with another question. Is it really an act of faith to give 10% after all your other bills are paid? No, absolutely not. Pay all the bills, whatever's left over, and we'll see what's left. Now, that's not faith, right? Faith is saying, in the very beginning, I'm going to trust you, Father. I'm going to trust you. I've got a boatload of bills right here. And I know they're all there. They're all important. But I want to make sure that I make sure that the first thing that I do is I make sure that I give a dime on every dollar right up front. Amen. That says what? That says my priorities. That just says I'm willing to make sure that you are first. Amen. And and, and make sure that God understands that I have a priority, that I have an understanding of God's highest and best. Romans eleven sixteen says this, For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. What does that mean? That means the first portion is the redeemed portion. The first portion redeems the rest. The first portion has the blessing on it. Amen. So if I give the first portion of my 100%, I give the first portion, it redeems the rest. It blesses the rest. Amen. So when I start and making sure that the first part of my day, I give to God. The first part of my week, I give to God. The first part of my money, I give to God. Guess what? It's the redemptive portion. Amen. The first portion redeems the rest. 
That's so good today. Hope you're listening today. There are so many blessings that go along with the tithing. Amen. But the principle of the first is the principle of faith, and it, it initiates all the other blessings in our lives. The first portion is the portion that redeems the rest. The first portion carries the blessing. Why would I want to eat the first portion? Why, why would I want to spend the first portion? Amen. Why would I want to do something different with that first portion? I need to know and believe God that he is doing the work in my life. Amen. Would you rather walk through life with 100% of your money? Would you rather go through life with 100% of your money and it doesn't have the blessing on it? Or to go through life with 90% knowing that it's blessed? Amen. Let me tell you something. For the, for the decades that I've been tithing, the decades that the Del Turco family has been tithing, the blessing of God is absolutely something that I would never want to live without. How about the rest of you tithers, right? Isn't it true? It is absolutely true. And we test the Lord and we walk by faith and we do it God's way and we recognize God's purpose. Amen. See, God, God, didn't, God doesn't need you to give you need to be blessed. He doesn't need you to give. He doesn't need your money. But he does want you to be blessed. And that's why it's important that we see how true that is. There's a consistent testimony of the tither that I hear over and over again. And there's a consistent testimony of the non-tither that I hear over and over again. I hear it consistently. I always hear the tither, the consistent tither, the one that has, has been tithing on an ongoing basis, they always say, man, I'm blessed. Man, I'm walking in the goodness of God. You hear it over and over in one way or another. And I hear a consistent testimony of the non-tither. And the consistent testimony of the non-tither is, I can't afford to tithe. Well, you know, you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer to figure out which testimony do you want, right? The testimony that says I'm blessed, the testimony that says the, the goodness of God is on my life, or the testimony that says, you know, I can't, uh, I can't afford to do this, and I don't, I'm not necessarily walking in all of the best that God has in store for me. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want the testimony that declares that I am blessed that I'm walking in the goodness of God, that I'm experiencing God's highest and best. Amen. The life of blessing begins to, with a clear understanding and acceptance of the principle of the firstborn, the principle of first fruits, the principle of the tithe. Amen. And without an understanding of that, it's impossible to walk in the best that God has for you. It really is. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be overwhelming to you. It's not going to be to the best of your advantage. And remember our big takeaway today. Remember where we started. It said this, how you handle your money reveals volumes about your priorities, loyalties, and affections. If you understand the principle of the first, it also reveals where our heart is at. What, how you handle your money, what does that reveal about your priorities? What does that reveal about your affections? What does that reveal about your loyalties? How we handle our money really is a, is a computer readout of how we feel and what is in our hearts 
amen, about God's plan for our life. God wants you blessed. Imagine with me, please, if we had 100% tithers and offering givers here at IFC, what could we do? What could we do? How many people could we bless? How many nations could we reach? How many things could the dreams in our hearts become a reality? Amen. If we made up our minds to say, you know what? There's no way I'm not going to do this without God's plan and blessing in our lives. Oh, my, my. We could do so much more. And I believe there's so much more in store for us. I believe this series and, and what I've heard from you and, and what decisions you've made in your life, I believe with all my heart that, that, that God is opening up doors and avenues of blessing into our lives. There's a, a woman that came through line after the first service, and, and uh, she had gone through a very difficult marital situation, and, and she found herself um, a single mom raising children. And she said she began to tithe and began to believe God. She knew that she was in over her head. She knew that she wasn't going to be able to do this the way she needed to. And she was testifying of the fact that all her children went through college and all her, her bills were paid. And the, and the testimony of trusting God in the midst of a very difficult situation, she put God first. And look what the Lord has done. What a, with a big old smile on her face, she was rejoicing over the fact that she made up her mind years ago to understand the principle of the first. Amen. I pray that it helps you today. And I pray that this will continue. Next week, we'll, we'll talk more about this, about how we can really walk in this to see God wonderfully use International Family Church to be a blessing to our world in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Oh, we bless you today, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven today. Lord, we thank you. We honor you. Come on, lift up your voice today. Oh, Father, we bless you. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness today. Oh, Father, we give you praise today. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for making a way. Lord, oftentimes we don't feel like we know the way. We feel like we're trapped or feel like we're overwhelmed or feel like we don't know how to do and how to get to where we need to go. But thank you, Father. You make a way for us. You've made a way for us. Go ahead, thank him for that way today. Oh, we bless you today, Father. Thank you for being a way maker. Thank you, Father God, for trusting us and helping us understand that you want us to step out and walk by faith and not by sight, to trust you, to take that next step in you today. Oh, we bless you and thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your love today. Thank you for your mercies today. Thank you for your goodness today. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that we make a decision today as a church to believe first things first. We believe in the principle of the first here at IFC. That's why we believe in generosity. That's why we're walking in generosity. That's why we're blessed. That's why, Father God, you blessed us with so many things. We can look around and say, look what the Lord has done for IFC. 
Look what the Lord has done for the partners and friends of IFC. Oh my, we could testify here for days of the goodness of God. And Father, we continue to commit ourselves to the principle of the first. We commit ourselves, Father God, to being tithers and offering givers. And Father, thank you for those who have stepped out and have had a history of tithing and have said and determined, yeah, I will never, ever not tithe. And to those, Father God, that, that have struggled with this and those that have not sure, those that have never heard or those who never understood or those who never quite uh, were able to take that next step. Thank you, Father, that there are many more of us today that are saying, yes, I will take a step of faith. I will trust you. I want to be blessed. I want to have ongoing blessing. I want to have more than enough to bless my family and to give to others. And so, Father, because of that, we purpose as a congregation, each one of us to take whatever next step we need to take today. Father God, not in fear, but in faith, trusting you, relying on you, because you're an awesome good God. Thank you for many more testimonies of the goodness of God, many more testimonies of your divine intervention, many more testimonies of your love and your goodness and your kindness that in spite of us and in spite of our past, you are blessing us because we purpose, Lord God, to put you first and you'll bring order into our lives. Thank you for order because when order is restored, blessings are released in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for releasing the blessings of God over our household, releasing the blessings of God over our businesses, over our children, over every area of our lives. We thank you for releasing the goodness of God. Make it evident for all to see, Father God, what happens when we believe in the principle of the first in Jesus name hallelujah thank you father oh thank you father oh I bless you father come on bless him just for a moment come on let joy bubble up in your heart today let peace bubble up in your heart today let the goodness of God bubble up in your heart today Lord we praise you today we praise you by faith we trust you and we look to you Jesus as a good good father today we love you and we bless you today awesome God your joy is our strength today your peace guides us and stabilizes us today thank you for your blessing that surrounds us today in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah with every head bowed before Pastor Mo comes and closes the service today you know the greatest way to get in order is to make sure Jesus lives in your heart that's the greatest order that could ever come into your life. When you determine, I'm not doing this my way. I'm not going to do this on my, my wisdom, with my strategy, with my hustle, with my, uh, you know, thoughts. I'm going to do this a different way because, man, I'm coming up limited all the time when I'm doing this my way. And the greatest order that needs to happen is the order that happens in your heart. When Jesus comes and lives inside your heart and you ask him to forgive you and he comes in and sets you free and brings a brand new day and a brand new nature and a brand new uh, 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 
victory into your life today. That's what God wants for you. That's his plan for you. You'll say, Pastor, I need this order. I need Jesus in my life. I'm done with confusion. I'm done with hustle. I'm done with doing this all my way. I need a new beginning. I need a brand new start. I want my sins forgiven. I want to declare Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. You'll say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I'm ready to bring order into my life. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not because I want to embarrass you or not because I'm going to call you forward today. I want you to raise your hand because you need to make that decision in your heart by an act of your own will saying, yeah, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus today. I'm ready for order in my life today. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Simply just put that hand up nice and nice. I'll know who you are. Yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Who else today? Thank you right here. Yes, thank you. God bless you. Over here, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. God bless you today. Over here, yes, thank you. I see it. God bless you. Awesome. Good for you. What a big decision you're making today. Who else? Yeah, I see it, sir. God bless you. Thank you. There, yeah, are here. Ma'am, I see it. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Who else today? How wonderful. How wonderful to see God move in people's lives today. What a miracle. What a blessing today. The blessing of God. The blessing of new life and new beginning. Amen. Talking about living a blessed life. Man, every week people have been giving their lives to Christ in every service. Amen. That's the way it should be. Amen. It's a, it's a life-giving truth that will overwhelm you to the goodness of God. Anybody else say, Pastor, I'm ready. Pray for me, please. If you're joining us online today, this is all about you too. I want to pray for you also just in a moment. Who else today? Anybody else before we pray? Wonderful. I love it. Thank you, Father. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, I love you. Thank you for loving me. I need you. I'm grateful that you died for me. You shed your blood for me. But you didn't stay dead. You're alive and well. And I want you to come live inside of my heart and make me alive. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past and I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I receive by faith salvation, forgiveness, eternal life. My life will never again be the same. I love you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To request prayer, please visit the resource page at intlfamilychurch.com, and our team will agree with you in prayer. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and to help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.